The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend and not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, smooth operator. Yeah, that was the shaving commercial. And that makes sense because the smooth speakers have an unearthly ability to turn wicked people away from God's covenant and turn those people into greater godlessness. Uh-oh. And the next, too many things have happened that have drained the life out of us. These things that have exhausted us need to be handled with wisdom. So hear this advice. Take your past owies. Find a nice, deep trash basket and act as an NBA star, slam dunk the past into the history basket. And finally, amazingly enough, many groups of less than perfect people offer many different versions of the truth. However, none of them said what the Savior said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's time to drop the mic. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, Terrific T answers the phone, and that is terrific. See how that works? Now, here's the thing. Any topic's open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It's pretty much a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So if you have a thought or a question or a comment, or if you're just trying to get an idea of if you're losing your mind, you want to bounce something off other Christians, if if by chance you have a prayer request or a praise report or even possibly an answer— To Bible trivia. Here's the first Bible trivia question. Usually the first one's pretty easy. Which gospel was written by a doctor? Doctor. Which one was written by a doctor? 
If you think you know the answer, you can call in as soon as I find the phone number, uh, 972-445-0770. And uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can go to he must increase.org. I'm sorry, you can email. See how bad I am? <laughs> It's Friday. Leave me alone. You can email David at he must increase.org. That's David at he must increase.org. If my mom was here, she'd be like, What's the matter with you? What's the wrong with you? Okay, somebody ready to answer the trivia? That's good. I need the break. <laughs> this is David. Who am I talking to? Good afternoon, David. It's Carolyn. Carolyn Joy. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. The answer would be Luke. That is correct! You are right as rain. That is exactly it. Excellent job. Thank you, David. Thank you Have so a good much. Afternoon. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, there we go. Keeping that straightforward. Good job. All right. Um, okay, okay, okay. Let's see. What's the other stuff I wanted to cover? We did that. We did that. We did that. Oh, I do want to remind you to go to the website because why? It's pretty simple. There's two things that can happen there. You can give or you can receive. I love that now. That's pretty good. You can get the book we have. It's for free. It's not perfect. We know that. We're going to be uploading some revision or revised copies of it for the digital and the print next week. Okay, but the bottom line is it's free. So we say that wonderful statement, and I'm sure you can all appreciate it. You can get the book, no whining. (laughs) No whining allowed, okay? Nope, can't have any cheese with that wine. Sorry. And uh, bottom line to that is you can also give to the ministry. There's video, there's audio, there's different sayings on there. There's uh, uh, plans to build a battle star on there if you want to have like a battle star or something along those lines. So we encourage you to go to the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, we have our good friend Sergio calling in, so let me lean over and get that phone real quick. This is David. Is this my brother Sergio? Is this Sergio? Hey, David, good afternoon. How are you, my brother? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> hey, I just got a quick question for you. And sure. I've been kicking it around, and and because of the fact that now I have a a source that I can ask this to, I wanna I wanna just uh, you know bounce it off of you. Sure. So I, I'm I'm curious to know if if the if the quote um, "love the sinner, hate the sin" is a man made quote or is, or is there some biblical reference to that have right. you heard of that one before yeah this, i certainly have and that's been that's been around for a lo- uh, just so you can know that's been around for a long time the principle well, and, and, and can you give me an example of of, of one yeah if you don't mind i can okay so do you want to hang out you can hang on i mean it's okay it's okay or, or you can hang up and then i can answer it either way whatever you're comfortable oh, I, with no Absolutely. I'll give you your time. Have a great weekend, and I'll turn on the radio right now and listen to you. Okay, you got it. Thank you. Okay, no problem. All right, so he asked a great question, and it has to do with the saying, you know, that we're supposed to, you know, hate the sin and love the sinner. And there's actually quite a bit of reference to that 
in the sense of you can point to different passages that in- encourage you to understand that we are supposed to have a love for the person but not for the behavior, okay? And and actually in 1 John and in Jude, uh, and especially 2 John and 3 John, there's a couple of texts in there that really give you an understanding about, you know— uh, sharing the truth and then having the the fear of the judgment be something that the people are aware of and therefore they respond and then of course other people respond from a compassionate point point of view the scripture says some save by fear others uh by compassion or some say by love others by uh, fear so it's uh, mixing them up there but the actual statement love the sinner hate the sin is not in the bible okay so don't i don't want people to say well that's in the bible it says it that way no it doesn't Okay, the principle is in the Bible where it's talking about our need to reach out to the sinner. That's the principle of bringing the gospel into a sinner's life. The reason the sinner needs the gospel is because of the behavior. The behavior is what's off or what's wrong. And it's not even that their behavior has to be perfect. So that's where kind of the flaw of the statement or the philosophy comes in. You have to understand that if Jesus is is the redemption and he's the bridge between God and you and God and humanity, think of God as a perfectly blue piece of paper. Okay, just just bear with me. <laughs> You're thinking, where are you going with this? Just da, 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 da. and then think of people as yellow spots, and they're good or they're bad depends on how big their spot is. Okay, so if they're really good, it's a super small spot. If it's really big, it's it's uh, uh, if it, they're they're really bad people, it's a really large spot. No matter what size the spot is it would ruin the perfectly blue paper if there's any spot. So the principle is because God is perfect, we bring to the sinner the good news that there is a way to escape their life of sin and the stain of sin through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. That is actually the only way to do it since he's the only one that can fully represent God and man because he was born of woman. That's the Mary part of God. That's the Holy Spirit part. Everybody sinned and falls short. Uh, the wages of sin is death, so there's no escaping that, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the principle, Sergio, is what I would say, is right, but it, and the mentality behind it is correct, but it is not a scripture per se, uh, nor is something like we would say like the Romans Road, which gives you four or five verses in Romans that you take somebody through to help them make a decision for Christ. But the idea behind it has got merit, The merit is that God loves people and made a redemptive way. He loves the person, but he hates the behavior. God also knows whether the person is going to choose for him or against him. That's where we get into the predestination, election, stuff like that. The key in that is that we don't know. So our job is to communicate God's love and let them know that there's redemption through the work of Jesus Christ. So in essence— Love the sinner, hate the sin. Its principle is accurate, but it is not a direct biblical reference. It is inferred from the Scripture. 
I hope that helps and makes sense. If not, I, I could probably do it all again, but it wouldn't sound any better. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. Depend, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And, and nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip. And, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone, the question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, Will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. What is the David Spoon experience? Oh, no, it's not on his tail. It's on his face. I've ruined it. Oh, no. Well, that's okay, though. Somebody else will come along and get it right. Thanks for coming to my birthday party, Stewie. Oh, I wouldn't have missed it for anything. I've never been to a party before. Want to watch me blow out the candles? I would love to see that. And gosh, Bobby, I'd love to play with some of your birthday toys, but only after you've played with them and only if you say it's okay. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. My wife tells me she doesn't like that uh, clip. I don't care. I think it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. That's a, you you got to put up with some things. I mean, it's not like it costs anything. Like to... <laughs> Okay. Let's do the next trivia question. When did Jesus make a whip 
of chords. When? Okay, looking for that. What are we looking for? A when. <laughs> a when. I feel so sorry for, for T. <laughs> She's up so much. That's all right. She did a fantastic job this week, by the way, so thank you. Uh, when did Jesus make a whip of cords? Okay, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. And you can also send in a text, 214-210-8483. And you can also send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. I have a joke. Uh, some of the theological people are going to, you know, send me an email. But you know what? I don't read those. No, I do. I read everything. I just don't respond to them all. <laughs> that's my that's my policy. Uh, you ready? Okay. This is a little—got uh, a similarity to some of the atheist jokes we've done. So got your buzzer ready? Is it working? Okay. There we go. All right. Just get ready for that. Uh, one day, a six-year-old girl was sitting in the classroom. The teacher was going to explain evolution to the children. The teacher asked a little boy. The teacher said, Tommy, do you see the tree outside? Tommy said, yes. The teacher said, Tommy, do you see the grass outside? Tommy said, yes. The teacher said, go outside and look up and see if you can see the sky. Tommy said, okay. I returned a few minutes later, and he said, yes, I saw the sky. And the teacher said, did you see God? Tommy said, no. teacher said, well, that's my point. You can't see God because he isn't there. The little girl spoke up and wanted to ask the boy some questions. The teacher agreed, and she asked the boy. The little girl said, Tommy, did you see the tree outside? Yes. The little girl said, Tommy, did you see the grass outside? He said, yes. Getting tired of the same question. He said, Tommy, did you see the sky? He said, yes. The little girl said, Tommy, do you see the teacher? He said, yes. The little girl said, Tommy, do you see her brains? Tommy said, no. The little girl says, does that mean she doesn't have one? <laughs> Come on. That's pretty good. <laughs> Okay, dokie. All right, we got somebody answering the trivia question. Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Roger. Hey, Roger. How are you? Pretty good. What's going on? Uh, not too much. I'm just looking forward to the weekend, and uh, I'm just in a good mood today. I can tell you that. So that's always a good thing. I want. I wanted to tell you before I tell you the trivia question. The when I got saved, I was on the road to demise, and I saw the light. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Great job. Very, very you, you, good. You talked about that early. If you had a, something spectacular happen to you, that's the most spectacular thing that has ever happened to me when I was on the road to demise. Yeah. That yes. I saw the light. I love it. it I, I love that. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> so, uh, but the answer to the trivial question is I don't have the date and time, but I, I think that it happened at the temple. That is correct. Do you remember who he was not happy with, what they were doing in the temple? Do you remember? The money changer. That is correct, Emma! No! There it is, right there. 
they were they were and they weren't just doing something like you know some churches will have coffee and stuff like that it wasn't like that at all this was like no. a swap mart there's a swap meet right in front of the temple in the temple and they were right. gouging people and they p- people needed some of those things in order to go through the temple to do what they needed to do to offer sacrifices and they were taking advantage of the time and the need yeah. that's that's a whole different story altogether so if they were if they were selling a dove they were probably getting gouged a hundred percent yeah exactly <laughs> see i love great call good job my brother excellent work that was really yeah. funny too. I really liked your opening. That was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding in your field. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I've had All right. God bless you, bro. You know, every day, every day is a miracle that you get up. Amen. So, Amen. That's right. Know, That's right. I've always I've always looked at it this way. Life Yep. Is a gift. That's why they call it a present. That is so true. And every day you get up, there's that fresh everything. Like God goes, here we go. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent job. Thank you for the call. Thank you for supporting yeah. the show. I appreciate it. If you ever, if you ever have a question for me, and just tell them to use the number that I, I got. I'm at my lunch hour. I listen to you at my lunch hour. I work at the at a Walmart, and so Ace knows me. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. All right. God, God bless, bless you. you. Have a great and weekend. I love your work. I love your ministry and everything that you're doing is in my book. Sort of all right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can agree to disagree sometimes. You got it. I appreciate that, too. All right. All right. God, God bless, bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Excellent. All right. Whew. Okay. All right. So we did that. We did that. We got about five minutes. I want to do this teaching real quick. This is not a new teaching, so I don't want you guys to get like, oh, this is a new. No, it's not. This is all our stuff's at least 2,000 years old. Here's uh, what we're going to talk about. I want to talk about Philippians 3.13. We've covered the book of Philippians. We did that actually from an expository point of view, but I just, this verse is one of these verses that needs to be, I want to say it really wisely, but needs to be a, a consistent reminder for you and I in order to move forward in the Lord. Here's the passage. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. Now, it's almost fortuitous that Rogers just called and told that joke about the present, because the bottom line is, if you get hooked looking in the past, it's very difficult to walk forward looking backwards. It's just difficult. And, there's just like, and, and, and I will say this, and some people, uh, I think, it's not intended to make anybody uh, resentful or anything, but there is nothing you can do about what was. It's gone, right? That is over. You can only deal with what is and entrust what will be, but you can't do anything about what was. And so what Paul says, and I think is, is worth our attention, is he goes, look, I do not consider to myself to have taken hold of it. In other words, he hasn't arrived yet. 
There was no point in his walk on the planet that he thought he was going to reflect Jesus enough where he could say, I'm done growing. That was never going to happen. But he says, but this one thing I do. And you could understand him saying, this is what I figured out. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to approach it. I'm going to forget what's behind. And that's specifically in reference to the things that can hinder. And I don't want you to confuse that. There are things in the past that are worthy of remembrance. That's why God created memorials. But there are also things in the past that you got involved with, that you did, that you went through, that do nothing but drain the life out of you, and those are the things that you need to let go of. Those are the things that need to be dunked in the basket of see you later alligator. To reach forward in life, in your walk, in your journey, you hold on to that which the Lord has brought into your life and is helping you so that it will help you in the future. But you don't hold on to so much of the past and so much of the pain and so much of the hurt that you are dragged down before you can even take a step. And that's what too many people do. One of the things about the book that I wrote that I guess I can talk about a little more freely now is that that was then, and that was a period in my life, and it was like 40, 39 years ago, 38 years ago, whatever that number is. I can't even remember that, and that's okay by, by me. But that's what that is. And since that time, the Lord has done a hundred, a, a thousand things, a hundred things, 50 things, whatever it is, and it's been great. But if I just kept in that book and didn't look anywhere else and just kept reading that book every day, every day about the past and the hurts and the whole, so on and so forth, all I'd be doing is living in the past. You can't do that. That doesn't help you. Yeah. You know what? Let me, let me be the most sympathetic, empathetic, honest person I can be for people that I've not met face-to-face in a room with coffee. Ready? Or with soda or whatever. I think it's a drag that you got hurt. I got hurt too. Now what? (laughs) Okay, got it. Now what? There's no point in this. Like, you can't, you can't, oh, I'm going to go back and relive the hurt. Why? What will that do but simply tear it open again and tear it open? Does nothing. And that, that my illustration, I think, stands and the picture stands. In Michigan, where I grew up, there was a, an intersection called 10 and Southfield. I can just explain to you as simple as possible. It, is a, it was a very heavily trafficked area. If you wanted to live when you crossed the street, you would not cross the street moving forward, looking backwards, or you'd be hit four or five times before you got through the street. That's what we need to remember, okay? Can't look backwards and move forward at the same time. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. 
What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon Experience? Well, all, all amps are louder. Because, you see, ours, normally, an amp goes from 1 to 10, see? But ours, they go they go to 11, see? So ours are one more. They're louder. See? So you turn them all the way to 11. All the way up. They're louder. <laughs> I have saved the best for the last. last. Because I know almost what I am doing, but not quite. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Those were some funny plays right there. That was pretty good. <laughs> I love that 11 one. <laughs> our lamps are louder. Or our amps are louder because they go to 11, not to 10. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Okay. Uh, trivia question. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say it is hard for the rich man to do? What did Jesus say that it is hard for a rich man to do? Hmm. Hmm. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972 or you can text in 214-210-8483. Joy Ann and Cordelia nailing it before I even get to finish. Good job, girls. That was really good. And then uh, email david at hemustincrease.org. That gives you the chance to also uh, let us know what's going on. Plus, we have somebody calling in. Plus, we have people texting. You know, we're just waiting for paper airplanes to start flying, flying by. That ought to be interesting. Uh, let's see, we got our history we're going to do. We have somebody that's going to answer the trivia, I think. 
Again, great job uh, by the by the girls in uh, finding some of the errors in the book. If you read the book in any way, shape, or form and you find an error, let me know. We get it corrected in like 10 seconds, and then next week we're going to do kind of update revision stuff. It's really fun. And, uh, boy, they're being really nice about the whole thing, so I appreciate it. Uh, we got somebody ready, 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 ready? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, this is Paula. Hi, Paula. How are you? I'm good, but I've already forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to walk you through it. So you ready? We'll go through it together, okay? Okay. All right. What did Jesus say it is hard for a rich man to do? What did he say? Oh, is... oh, 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 no. Okay, I know. I know. Okay, now there I you know. go. Right, fire away. <laughs> I got so excited. I forgot because this is the first time I've really heard your show, and I love it, and it's such a hoot. But, it, but he said... It's easier for a rich man to go through the through an eye, the eye of the needle, uh, the gate of the temple, than to get into heaven. That is correct. It's easier. That's right. It was hard for him to go through or to get into heaven, which is super important for people to understand because people focus so much on money and so much on the bills and so much on the rent. And one of the things that we used to say when, when we lived in Arizona, and you'll have to appreciate that because it's Arizona, so it's always hot, is life is not about the fact that your electric bill is is like as much as your car, okay? It's like in 50 years, it won't matter. <laughs> Nobody's going to care, or certainly you're not going to care. So that's the big key, not to be so focused on money and on the earthly things and worldly things that they take away that which the Lord's trying to do for you and set you up in in the heavenly things. So. Right. Excellent. So I'm so and, glad you and called. And that the eye of the needle was what they called the gate. Now, the, now let me let me let me yeah. give you give you a little on that one, okay? So you now you got to be nice because I'm I'm trying to be su- I'm trying to be super like you know enough educated to tell you in a nice way that didn't come about until about the ninth century that it was actually a gate that that the camels would go through. And the reason is, so that you can know, is they were using it as an explanation that it was, you know, that, that the reason is it was impossible, actually, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle because apart from Christ, you can't get saved. That was the intent in the first 800 years in commentaries. Then they introduced the gate concept. If you go to Israel, there's not actually a gate called eye of the, ne- the, the eye of the needle. So, I mean, I'm just saying, you just have to go, hmm, well, that's what, maybe they were using it as an illustration. And I understand that because it's an excellent illustration. But the point is, without Jesus, it's impossible. So it's not going to happen anyway, which is why Jesus said it's impossible, not difficult. You see what I'm saying? So that there yeah. is that different. But but that's, oh, well, that's okay. Wonderful. That's well, thanks okay. For, thanks for telling me that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with that. And don't don't. It's not like the. It's not like people get. Oh, that's that's offensive. It's like no, it's not. It's like that's cool. I mean, that's a great illustration for people to understand. Look, apart from Jesus, you, this ain't happening. Difficult, impossible, and every level. So I'm glad you said that. I think it's cool. But it is scriptural, though, right? What's that? It was scriptural, though, right? No, it's the, 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 the in scripture. Yes, the eye of the needle is, and so actually, that, what's funny about that? See, you're such a delight because what's funny about that is because the word for needle is also rope, and so some people are like, "Well, I wonder if they misinterpreted it, and it should be that that the camel can't get through a rope." But I think the the point of the text, you're right, that eye of the needle statement is in there. But the point of the text is it's impossible. It's not going to happen apart from Jesus. And so that for a rich man, it's even worse 
because it's like they don't trust in anything but their riches. And it's like, that's going to be a problem. That's where that comes from. I'm so glad you called in. I hope that the show's been a blessing for you. Oh, it had. I, I love, when I tuned in at first, I want to keep it. When I first, I was in the car and I and I switched it over because my husband does listen to it all the time, but I'm not with him at the time apparently. But but you were coming in on Hebrews two and you started explaining. So I turned the car off to come in the house and you had you were explaining something about um, the confirmation of the gospel because. Uh-huh. You know, and then I couldn't find it. I came in and opened the Bible up to Hebrews, and I couldn't find where you were talking about. I thought it was Hebrews two and uh, verse verses two and three, but is that where you were? It was Hebrews two four four and five, but it's it was it was just a couple more verses down, and then in that one, I think it's the Christian Standard Bible or the Holman Standard Bible. I can't remember which one I'm using for Hebrews because I use like oh. ten different translations on ten different books. Oh, okay, okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you for being a blessing. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was a delight. New caller, right? Fun. Great job, Paula. Shout-outs. Props, 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 props. Okay. I don't know. How do you do props on the radio? Because don't you have to do props and then you you, you kiss your finger and you go like this or something? Like they go like this? I don't know. Okay, you got props. That's all I've given you. Uh, What do we got? Uh... History, you want to move history back to the fourth? Move history back to the fourth. (laughs) You know, I'm closing in on the end of the weekend, so (laughs) the end of the week, so everybody give me some space. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 2 says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Now, I'm going to read that again and so we can all go, uh-oh. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of your calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Actually, the irony behind this is the the thing I want to focus in on is the accepting, but let's just talk about real quickly the, the beginning part of it. We're supposed to walk worthy of this calling that we have. Now, you're never going to walk to the standard of the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean you can't walk upright, doesn't mean you can't overcome sin, doesn't mean you can't be delivered from bondage, none of that. You can, All that's applicable. But to walk in a manner that's worthy, and that's the that's the pursuit, that's the goal. But the key behind that worthiness is look what's right after worthy. Humility, gentleness, and patience. And why humility, gentleness, and patience is there is when people actually start to walk worthy, they get an attitude. <laughs> it's like, that's right, I'm holier than thou. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I'm better. And it's like, no, no. If you're going to walk worthy of Jesus and you're going to reach those places where he has set before you and you're actually going to do it, you must keep the mindset and the heart focused on him and that it's by his power that you're doing it and that you walk with a humility, which is a humbleness, a gentleness, and a patience. Because if you're making having victory in one particular area of life and you run across somebody and they're not having that victory in life in that area, it's normal flesh that would say, huh, what's the matter with this person? I'm doing it. And it's like, well, that's great until you run into somebody who's got something in their life they're overcoming, which you're not. 
It's like, yeah, ha! So there's a balance here. You walk worthy, but you do it in a manner that doesn't communicate your spiritual superiority, but that's genuinely filled with humility, gentleness, and patience, because the only way you can walk worthy is through Jesus anyway. So you're not doing it by yourself. That's not even what I want to concentrate on. It's the last line. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Now here I would encourage you to take the word accept, acceptance or accepting, and look it up in the Greek. You will find out that the root Greek word accepting does mean accepting, but it means it in a tolerating fashion. So I love that because, be honest, there are some people that are easier to accept than other people. Right? I mean, that's just the truth. That's why you have a certain group of friends. And that's why it's, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, you gravitate to a little bit to where you're at. But the idea behind it is for us to tolerate one another. Now, tolerate doesn't mean with a snooty nose that you turn your head and go, I will tolerate them. <laughs> it means that you know that people are going to be different than you, that they're going to have a different uh, approach, a different culture, a different take, a different taste. You know, the reason that we have, uh, I like pizza. So the reason that we have so many different toppings is why? Because people like different toppings. But that that's okay. All right. Uh, there's a post from one of my friends and he's, he's very anti-pineapple on pizza. He's <laughs> really maybe a little too much anti-pineapple on pizza and so he posts a pineapple pizza and goes how dare you <laughs> right? and, he goes, and it's all in fun and it's like how could you do something so evil to something so good and it's like got it okay but the top then he does that tongue-in-cheek so don't anybody get offended but you could tolerate that okay you just you don't necessarily have to eat that pizza but you could put up with it that's what it's talking about Okay, that's what we're supposed to do with one another, because there's a lot of flaws and stuff that God tolerates about you and I without wiping us out. He still loves us, right? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, great job by Paula. We're going to take our break here and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. David Spoon experience. There was a pastor. Now, I use that word with some reservation. Having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, but whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called Reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage, 
At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Get ready for the next trivia question. It's actually not an exceedingly hard question, but you kind of have to know it to know it to know it. True or false? I guess that gives you a 50-50. True or false? In chapter 5 of John's Gospel, Jesus heals a man who had been ill for eight years. Now, before I finish, let me just have the warning sound given because somebody said true or false. There you go. That's your warning. In chapter 5 of John's Gospel, Jesus heals a man who has been ill for eight years. For those that are not sure, you want to look in John chapter 5. Just your little hint. There you go. (laughs) People are like, hey. Dave, you have to be nice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you think you know, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero or two one four two one. That's the number you call in to call us, and then you can text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three. So that's text number. So that means that if you've called, you can text. You can always stay be involved, and then you can email David at he must increase dot org. Right, right. So that's the question. We gave you the warning. 
Here's the question, true or false, in chapter 5 of John's Gospel, Jesus heals a man who had been ill for eight years. We're talking about John chapter 5. See if you know the answer, okay? In the meantime, we need to do history, so let's do our history play. Let's go Okay, this is the time where we do history, only we're doing it in the fourth segment, not the third. You've got to just work with me on that. Today is Corporate Baby Name Day. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Corporate Baby Name Day. Like, the, I don't know if they pick one or I don't know how that works. Uh, today is also uh, Farm Worker Appreciation Day. Without farm workers, it'd be very difficult for you and I to eat food. I would go with that so everybody can understand that. 1926 on this gate, Gertrude Ederl, Ederl, Gertrude Ederl became the first woman to swim across the English Channel. Uh, that is just this 95 years ago today, in 1926. On the same day, Harry Houdini spent 90 plus minutes underwater in a sealed tank before escaping. Okay, let's just everybody say he didn't hold his breath for 90 minutes. I mean, come on. I think we all know that. And then uh, last but not least, the first person. This is hilarious. Well, it's not hilarious. It's like weird. I mean, I would not have known this. So let me pull back the hilarious and say weird. 1992, on this day, the first person to publicly sell their own Oscar. Harold Russell sold his 1946 Best Supporting Actor Award for $65,000. How would they know that? How would they know that he's the first guy that ever sold it? I just, I don't, I don't get it. Okay. Uh, somebody answering the trivia? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Shabbat Shalom, David. <laughs> hey, brother. How are you? Very good. Hey, first of all, I want to apologize. I haven't replied to you because I had a little difficulty with my internet, but most likely tonight I'll be able to send you the personal and uh, email, okay? Okay, and then we'll get you taken care of, and then we'll have a little talk about it like next week or something. That, would that be good? Oh, okay. All right. Hey, uh, I want to make this statement true if I add 30 years. <laughs> it is true if you add 30 years. That is correct. <laughs> Good catch. So then your answer is false because it is instead of eight years, it's 38 years. <laughs> so you, you set it up. I want to answer true, but you got to add 30 years. <laughs> That's a great job, brother. That's really yeah. funny. Awesome. Hey. How are you doing? Hey, how's your uh, grandson? Uh, we well, had a little bit of issue last night, so I'm waiting to hear the latest news. I won't hear it probably till about 5 o'clock today. So hey, just I, keep him in I prayer. I keep praying for him. Regardless of the outcome, I'm going to keep trusting God for the best. I appreciate that so very much. And we're just going to keep praying and believing God and just believing that the Lord will do whatever he, whatever miracle needs to be done, that he'll do it. So, hey, can I say a quick prayer for him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, dear Jesus, thank you for this Shabbat evening. And I want to lift up a, a little baby Eastern before you and want to ask you to please pour your Shabbat shalom on him because in your shalom there is a restoration there is a healing there is a breakthrough and there is a peace and comfort so jesus i speak your peace and comfort and your assurance and your covering 
not just for for little Eastern, but for his mom and dad and grandparents and the others, uh, his sibling. In your holy name, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much for praying. That's so sweet and so nice of you to do. And we have, we appreciate it greatly. All right. Well, have a Shabbat Shalom with your family. Okay. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Those are good buddies. So for those that don't know what happened, uh, we had Ace call in. He started it, so everybody blame Ace. Uh, and uh, uh, different Christians put together. Samson, he uh, had a car, almost was killed in the car accident. The Lord miraculously saved him twice, like two days in a row. And then his car is completely shot, and then the audience, completely unrelated, decided to raise money for him to buy a car because he couldn't afford a car. So we're giving him uh, a check or a transfer of funds of $2,000 next week. And it's just like, that's so cool. And you guys did it all. I didn't do I mean, I just do, I'm just telling lousy jokes. <laughs> but you guys just came together as a community, took care of one of your brothers. That's that's what Christianity is. Okay, uh, if if there's things that I say that you don't agree with, that's okay because I'm your big brother. I'm not your pastor. I'm not your senior teacher. I'm your big brother. I have a big brother. There's many things he says that I don't agree with. Okay, there's a lot of things that he says that I don't agree with, but I love him. He led me to the Lord. That's what the show is about. That you can engage in that kind of spirit and that kind of mentality with one another. And not just with me as a person, but with other brothers and sisters who are going to have different opinions, different ideas, different uh, interpretations. Doesn't make them bad. Doesn't make them weird or anything. Israel is was one nation in the heart and the mind of God, but he had divided them into 12 tribes for a reason. The Church of Jesus Christ, the true, authentic, Bible-believing, born-again Church of Jesus Christ, is most often described as a body, that's the first amount, and then as a building, that's the second amount. But within the framework of the body, every part is connected to the head, every part's connected through the heart, and it's important for us to understand Jesus is the head of our body, he gives us his heart so that we can reflect that, and that goes into all the different parts of the body, Not the, the hand and the elbow don't have to think that chocolate ice cream is better than vanilla ice cream, they can have a difference of opinion and still be part of the same body and still function together as a unit. The reason that I bring that up is so that we can operate in what I was talking about, about that acceptance element, that understanding that people in, in my life, so I'm, I'm just about there at 60, okay, so I'm a little shy, just hold on there. But when I was 20, if I ran into myself right now and I ran into my 20-year-old self, first I'd slap myself, <laughs> And then I would say, you don't know nearly as much as you think. And I would do the same thing to my 40-year-old self because we change and other people around us change. But I would still love that 20-year-old me or that 40-year-old me. And we need to do that with one another. You get what I'm saying by that? It's like, yeah, okay. People, people are a passion to Jesus. He loves people. And yes, some people are much more fun than others. I mean, that's just a reality check. But they're a passion for Jesus. He died for them. He 
He was buried for them. He was brutalized for those people. So I don't think it's out of the realm for you and I to think we should probably love one another. After all, John 13, 34, 35 talks about the fact that our love for one another is our witness to the world. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, by your love for one another. It's not by uh, who wins the most arguments. It's not by who has the biggest church. It's not as who's got the— It's by your love for one another. And all of this points to one place. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29, it says that no flesh should glory before his presence. No person, no human will ever earn the right to glory on the stage of heaven before God. Only the Lord is worthy of all praise and honor. There we can find such great unity because we can take all of our brilliant wisdoms and all of our brilliant understanding, all of our knowledge, all of our just lay it down, operate in the bond of peace and the and, and covering everything we talked about yesterday, covering everything with love and finding that unity in the Father, because we have the same dad. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we're blood relatives, and in the Holy Spirit, we drink of one spirit and and fight to keep that unity. That unity is there, by the way. The Scripture commands us to keep the unity that's in the faith. So we have to fight to keep it, because Satan has a strong desire to separate the church, uses the world, and uses our flesh to help create that. We need to stand firm and reflect Jesus Christ and be those people that love one another. And that's that's it. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. That's what the blood of Jesus is all about. So you can't be perfect. Don't worry about that. But be the the most reflective of Jesus you can be. Okay? All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, taking a a 72-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Most of my life it feels like I've been running Running and running and running Most of my life Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.